Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new, usually we say bottle of wine. But I think now it's just beverage. You know, we're just on beverages now. I think it's just, we just drink I'm a new kind beverage. I'm kind of excited though, because it's like, there's more variety. Yeah. We really can go any direction. And I actually don't know what direction we're going in today. <gasps> but this week, you guys, today is, it's election day. Ah, yes, it is. And so we felt like it was fitting to talk about how to navigate politics. Mm-hmm. But th- we are not talking politics. No, 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 no. We're, we're not talking politics. This is bipartisan. This is a bipartisan episode. Yes. And we're going to be talking about the nine political typologies, which is really fun. It's like a little quiz. Very interesting. We're going to be talking about how to talk to someone with different views than you mm-hmm. and how to deal with political anxiety, which... I wonder if political anxiety was a thing before 2016. I gotta say, like, I feel like growing up, and also I was a kid, but like, my parents never seemed like anxious. Like, they, I mean, no. they just like voted and then like went on with their lives. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It wasn't That's like what... a big thing. No, it wasn't like people were crying in their cars after work, you know, like. Yeah. And also my mom, she's a vet. She was kind of like a flip flop. You're like, she wasn't. Sometimes she was Democrat. Sometimes she was Republican. Right. Some days it was just whatever she wanted to be. And now. Now you like can't do that. You You're really either. can't do that. But don't worry, you guys, because we're not. We're not going there this episode. No, we're but we going are going to just we are going to explore how to talk with somebody if different views than you yes because guaranteed somebody you know has different views than you and at the end of the episode for a palate cleanser we are playing citizens arrest which i have a great one for. i wonder if we have the same one we have the same one i know what it is but don't say it it's okay though because we both feel passionately about it yes we do and also you guys don't forget you can always write into the show with episode requests at am i doing this right pod at gmail.com or you can DM us at Am I Doing This Right Pod on Instagram. One Instagram. So Nat, what are we drinking? Okay, now this is a very you drink. It's not so much a me drink, but I'm open to it being a me drink. Okay. It might go terribly wrong for me. Well, I can tell it's not one of two flavors. It's not gonna be grape and it's not gonna be <gasps> It is a pumpkin spice oh latte. My God. It's a coffee? La Colombe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a seasonal batch. (gasps) says it's perfectly sweet. When I say it's going to go bad for me, it's because I already had half a Celsius this morning. I just, I'm not going to lie, I just finished my latte because I got a little later today. Uh So I'm going to be on 6,000. On 6,000. Well, hey. Okay, so yeah, so this is the La Colombe. Cologne? Cologne? I don't know. Cologne coffee pumpkin spice latte. I'm looking around to see if I'm supposed to shake it or not. Uh, I'm just going to. I can't imagine it'll explode, right? Mm. Should I wait? Oh. Oh, that, that was, was good. good that was good. <gasps> it is going to explode. Oh, my gosh, Natalie. Why would you? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't think it was. Oh, okay, oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I didn't think it was I'm like a shake it up. Well, I thought it was like a like a frappuccino. Oh my god! I promise this does not happen typically. I thought it was like a 
You know, the Starbucks guys, ones. Natalie is okay. drenched. I'm drenched in coffee. That was on me. We're at a new studio. Moss, our poor guy here, he's like, oh, This no. is legitimately the first 30 seconds of us recording. Okay, here you go. Oh, my God. This is so funny. It was a—you were very confident. Was I was like, so, I'm just going to shake it up. Well, you know, it's like— But it has pre- it's pressurized. Oh, I guess. I never think if something's going to be like a coffee drink that it's going to be like— It's going to explode out like, of the can. Because it's not carbonated. I Fair. thought, oh, I'm just mixing up the But there was definitely, flavors. like, still a high level of risk with that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't—I really did not assess it. At least it's not wine. At least it's not it wine. Could have, you know what? Two episodes ago, I spilled wine on my jeans. You know what? A bartender DM'd me mm-hmm. who was listening to our podcast. And she was like, tell Corinne that white wine gets out red wine. Oh, that's so fascinating. I know. I said, I sure will It also did her. come out of my pants, the red wine, which was at, but truly by the grace of God, because there's no scientific reason it should have come out of my jeans like that. Right. Well, I will say also, if we were drinking wine today, it would have spilled because I don't know what it is with Corinne and I and glasses. Yeah. I, gotta... I'm starting to think, okay, so at first I thought I was cursed. Right. Not cursed. I don't. I've decided I'm not cursed. But I, I did, don't think you're cursed. I broke two glasses in one day, about three hours apart from each other. One was I was just. This is also it's kind of Joe's fault because he left a glass in the bathroom right next to the um, light, light switch. switch. So I walked in, I popped the light switch like normal, and it just boop and and exploded. And then I cleaned it up. I was like, oh, that's weird. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then I go to put a book away on my bookshelf. It knocks a candle over, shatters all over the ground. And I'm like, this is weird. Then I tell Natalie about it. The next day, Natalie shatters um, a a glass. I literally opened my mirror. And, you know, like, it's like the medicine cabinet. Yeah. And I have a little glass jar that I put, like, like Q-tips and stuff in. Fell out. For no reason, shattered. Yeah. And then last night, Joe's cooking. And then I just hear, crash. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. He shattered our olive oil, like, uh, cylinder. How? I don't know. And when I say it shattered, I mean, like, that thing could also just, like, kind of tip over. And I think it'd be fine. Like, it wouldn't completely shattered into a billion pieces. And I was like, we're getting the sage out. Because I'm (laughs) passing... If you watch Smile, you'll you'll know. I'm passing something on. Oh, it started with me, and now I'm passing it on to people. So I, I don't know, know what it is. But then I did. I did have a. Uh, I made a decision this morning. I said I'm not cursed, no. and I've just decided that. I really think <laughs> that whatever you decide is what happens. I, I like, truly oh. believe that about life. Like whatever you decide is. Yeah. So um, that that's been the trials and tribulations of the last three days, and now Natalie has. <sighs> Now I've exploded. But yes, this. if that was glass, that would, would have shattered. Yeah, it would sure. have been much worse. 100%. Do you think I should open it now? Or I'm afraid. I think it's calmed. I think it's settled. Oh, my God. I would give it another shot. Yeah. Uh, okay. There we go. It really was the shaking. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that was really on me. I'm so sorry. So should we get into election day and how to navigate politics? And it's not fun anymore. It's not fun anymore. You know, it used to be kind of fun. Yeah. It's not fun. Real quick, you know what makes my vote this this year in particularly kind of fun? What? 
the fact that Corey Matthews is on my ballot. I know, I'm so jealous. I had no idea. So if you don't know, they're all very young listeners, I think. <sighs> Boy Meets World. It was a show it was a on show. Disney. It was on ABC originally, I think. Oh, it was? Okay. But you know, Disney, ABC, same yeah. thing. It was our show growing up. Yeah. And he was the main person, Corey Matthews. And now he's running for city his council. His name is actually Ben Savage. Ben Savage. His brother's Fred Savage. From the golden years. The or the wonder, wonder years. years. The wonder years. Also, Austin Powers gold member. <laughs> he's the guy with the mall. Mole, 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 We're aging ourselves. Yeah. But anyways, he's on my ballot. So that's interesting. How fun. I know. I don't know if I'm going to vote for him yet. We'll see. I have to look into his politics. But this is the midterm election. And all 435 seats in the House of Representatives and 35 of the 100 seats in the Senate will be contested. Positions being voted on range from governor to members of your local school board. So it's a wide range of things. Yes. Discussions around politics and political issues can be very stressful and anxiety-inducing as party lines seem to be more divided than ever. But never fear, because we are here, okay? And we've got some tips on how you can navigate these very tricky conversations. Corinne, let's get some facts about politics. Some fun facts, fun, you guys. Fun facts. There, there, there's not many, but there's a few. Yeah. An American Psychological Association survey showed that 70% of adults experienced high levels of stress leading up to the 2020 election. And that stress may unfortunately last for some time to come. I mean, unsurprisingly. Yeah, I was awake for 72 hours <laughs> during that time. Also, public trust in government remains low. Also not surprised. <laughs> As it has for much of the 21st century, only 2 in 10 Americans say they trust the government in Washington to do what is right, quote, just about always, that's 2%, or most of the time, which is 19%. Trust in the government has declined somewhat since last year when 24% said they could trust the government at least most of the time. Okay. So, I mean... Wow, only 24. That is very low. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Also, what I thought was interesting, and I think we talked about on a maybe the marriage episode, but men are actually more willing than women to date someone with political views different from their own. That's a very interesting social study. Yeah. I should have looked into more why. Yeah. But it is. I guess men men are more open to it than women are. Uh, very curious. There are, are some top political issues that have been going on. And so we kind of want to get into them. Because we strongly believe that knowledge is power, we think it's helpful to have some well-thought-out views on the most hot-button topics so that you can speak your side of the discussion if you're speaking with someone who has different views. So these are the type of things that you will likely come face-to-face -face with if you're involved in a political discussion or argument. And this is according to studies and surveys done by the Baby Daddy. The Pew Research Pew Center. Center. <laughs> we really need a button for that. I know. We really, Pew Research Center, we love you so much. I think that, I do think we have to go to Washington, D.C. We and have see them. to. They invited us. We have to go. I think they're listening, too, because they're listening. <laughs> they reached out to us. We never reached out to Pew Research Center. I would never think I could. No. Wow. I would be. I would be intimidated. Okay, so what are what are these issues that are 
Hot twops. Hot twops. All right. So number one is the state of the economy. Mm. 71% of U.S. adults identify this as a top concern. Uh, Two, COVID. Mm -hmm. Americans view it as less important than they did last year, though. Six in 10 now say it should be a major priority, down from 78% who said this in 2021. So COVID being a priority has fallen among members of both parties, but the decline is steeper among Republicans. Younger people are also less likely to identify this as an important problem than older Americans. So 54% of adults under 50 say dealing with the coronavirus should be a top priority compared with 61% of adults who are 50 to 64 and 72% of those aged 65 and older. That all tracks. Yeah. Another top political issue is Russia. That's a new one for this year. It is? I oh. Think so. The research and surveys for the study took place shortly before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So the statistics will likely be much different when a study of 2022 is done. But with that being said, the survey found that 49% of U.S. adults considered Russia a competitor of the U.S., while 41% said it was an enemy. Hmm. Only 7% considered Russia a partner of the U.S. That is interesting. That is very interesting. Another top political issue is wide partisan gaps on climate change. According to a January 2022 survey, roughly 65% of Democrats say this should be a top priority for Biden and Congress compared with just 11% of Republicans. Views also differ based on age, like we said before. Adults under 30 are the only age group in which a majority, 54%, say global climate change should be a top priority. And I think that is actually uh, both Republican and Democrat. Interesting. The age group. Next up, immigration policy. This has seen a huge shift over the past year. So in 2020, immigration was actually seen as a top issue equally by both parties. But in 2022, 67% of Republicans view immigration as a top priority compared with just 35 of Democrats. So it's definitely taken a shift. Also views on race-related issues. There's a massive partisan divide on this one. So 53% of Democrats say addressing race-related issues and inequality should be a top priority compared with 14% of Republicans. Another top political issue is health care costs at Natalie McMillan. Oh, my God. <laughs> she has di- uh, type 1 diabetes, you guys. So. They are raising my costs next year. I thought you were all excited because they weren't. Oh, no. It is up. But didn't something just happen? Remember, we were all excited. Oh. Newsome. Yeah, that's for California only, but it won't happen for like five years. Oh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Off that, in a January 2022 study, 55% of Americans said that the cost of health care is worse now than it was a year ago. And a larger share of Americans said they agreed with the Democratic Party's health care policies than with the Republican Party's, regardless of political affiliation. So people want to be able to afford to live. To live. Imagine that. Imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Another top political issue is the Supreme Court. In particular, the overall declining favorability of our current Supreme Court justices. The views on the Supreme Court have declined across both parties in recent years, 
although Republicans still support the Supreme Court by a slim majority, 54% of them. And lastly, one of the major top political issues is the hardening of partisan lines. In 2022, in particular, the January 6th events played a major role in the division of our two political parties. Didn't that happen in 2021? I believe so. But all of these studies were... In 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Among Republicans, 79% said they had little or no confidence in the fairness of the January 6th committee's investigation into the events, including 46% who have no confidence at all. By contrast, 65% of Democrats said they are at least somewhat confident that the investigation is fair and reasonable, and 27% say they are very confident. Mm. And so while these topics and statistics are representative of the U.S., they are also issues that countries are facing globally and are things you should have an opinion on if getting into a political discussion. Yeah, because, you know— Just think about these things. Yes, even if you're not in the U.S., a lot of these things are applicable overseas. And if you're overseas, you know, you're looking at us like, what the fuck are they— Yeah. Up in a tizzy about it's uh, it's these it's nine these, things. these nine things according to the Pew Research Center. Well, if you're listening to this, Nat, and you're like, I don't know, like actually where my where I fall on these lines, it's kind of blurred. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like there's like a political spectrum. Oh, there is. How do you find out where you land? Okay, well, back to uh, the baby daddies at Pew Research Center. Pew pew pew. <laughs> Literally, pew, 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 pew. They have a political typology quiz. It provides a roadmap to today's fractured political landscape. So it segments the public into nine distinct groups based on an analysis of their attitudes and values. The study is primarily based on a survey of 10,221 adults conducted from July 8th to 18th of 2021. It also draws from several additional interviews with these respondents conducted since January of 2020. Okay. So let's get into the nine typologies, and then you can kind of decide for yourself, like, ooh, that's kind of... Yes. I sound like this. So it goes from the most right to the most left, left if yes. you're envisioning the spectrum here. So oh, a deep red to, to like the, a purple situation to, to like the, a deep blue. blue. Yes. So let's get into number one. So number one is the faith and flag conservative. So they are intensely conservative in all realms. They are far more likely than all other typology groups to say government policies should support religious values and that compromise in politics is just, quote, selling out on what you believe in. So those are the faith and flag conservatives, the most right. The most right. Next, we have our committed conservatives. They also express conservative views across the board, but with a somewhat softer edge, particularly on issues of immigration and America's place in the world. Very interesting. It's that specific. Yes. Isn't it so interesting? Like, you're not just one thing. There is, like, there's a scale. There's a scale. Then we get into the populist right. So typically they have less formal education than most other typology groups and are among the most likely to live in rural areas. They are highly critical of both immigrants and major U.S. corporations. So that I get that. I can see how Mm -hmm. that kind of separates them. Yes. Because usually people that don't like corporations are more on the left. Right. 
Ah, very interesting. Then we get into the ambivalent right. And this is the youngest and least conservative GOP-aligned group. They hold conservative values about the size of government, the economic system, and issues of race and gender, but they are the only group on the political right in which majorities favor legal abortion and say marijuana should be legal for recreational and medical use. Interesting. It's crazy how specific the issue, but you know that it's 10, it's over 10,000 people. Because it's a Pew Research Center and it's extremely accurate. So now more in the middle, we're kind of getting into that purple purple. situation. These are called the stressed sideliners. (laughs) (laughs) That's the West. So this is the only typology group without a clear partisan orientation. Also, this is the group with the lowest level of political engagement. Stressed sideliners who make up 15% of the public, but just constituted for 10% of voters in 2020. So they have a mix of conservative and liberal views, but are largely defined by their minimal interest in politics. We all know one of those. We, we yeah. Everyone like, knows the stress sideliner. Yeah. They're like, I can't even get into this. Please leave me alone. Yes. Yeah. There's always one of them. So now we're dabbling more into the left side, the more liberal side. And our first group is the outside left. So this is the youngest typology group. And they voted overwhelmingly for Joe Biden and are very liberal in most of their views. But they are deeply frustrated with the political system, including the Democratic Party and its leaders. Okay. All right. Now we're getting into the Democratic, the left, left, left. Getting more blue. Getting more blue. It's the Democratic Mainstays. This is the largest Democratic-oriented group, as well as the oldest on average. They are unshakable Democratic loyalists and have a moderate tilt on some issues. Then we're hitting the established liberal. They hold liberal positions on nearly all issues and are racially and ethnically diverse. They're well-educated and better off financially. They stand out for their optimism, support for political compromise, and current satisfaction with the direction of the country. And then furthest left, this is the bright blue, this is the progressive left. This is the only majority white, non-Hispanic group of Democrats. They have a very liberal view on virtually every issue and support far-reaching changes to address racial injustice and expand the social safety net. And I actually was reading about this. The difference between an established liberal and a progressive left is that the established liberal has more optimism than a progressive left. They have a little bit more pessimism about the future of the country. The progressive left has more pessimism? Yes. Ah, okay. That makes sense. And if you're unsure of exactly where you land, you can take the Pew Research Center's political typology quiz on their website you know we're going to link it in the show we notes. We always link it in the show notes, you guys. We took, it. we took it. We took it. It was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you guys can imagine where we landed, but we're yeah. not going to say right no. now. No. But, you know, at, to each, to each as we like to say. <laughs> okay, so let's say we're in a room. We've got a one and a nine. How do we, how do we talk mm. to somebody on a different political 
typology. Yes, 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 yes. Well, Seth Freeman, who teaches conflict management at Columbia University, Ooh. notes that even before engaging in a conversation with someone who disagrees with you, everyone has to swallow a bitter pill, which is especially difficult for those who think data will save the day. You have to forget the facts. Oh, okay. Facts are actually a trap, says Freeman. They're not a gateway, and you want to, as much as possible, avoid arguing facts, which is insane. That's where we're at now, but it's right. like, it's hard. I guess, you know, people get their information from different places. Yes. They see different facts from different things. Yes. And so it's, if you're going there, it's going to be yes. hard. Facts have been argued. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Instead... Argument experts say building an understanding between you and your political opposite by following a several-step process is the best way to go. The steps are remarkably similar but have different naming techniques to help people remember them. So Freeman calls them the three Ps. So step one is paraphrase. So paraphrasing, it's crucial that two people who are arguing really understand where their differences lie. So when a loved one brings up an opinion that you find repugnant, the best way to make sure you're actually hearing right is to paraphrase what you think he or she is saying and sum it up so accurately that, as Freeman says, quote, they say, exactly, you said it better than I could. This will require you to be much more curious than furious. That is a key right there. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Yes. So don't fall into the old political trap of shading what the person says to make it seem preposterous or evil, because that will make you a defender and yes. it's just going to go, it's going to so go you're, wrong. We're, we're curious. We're like, hey, you said, okay, so this yes. is what you're saying? Okay. Do, yeah. Is this what do I because then if they're like, that is not what I'm saying. Yeah. Then well then they're also like, okay, you heard me. Exactly. And people want to feel heard. Yes. And they also want to be praised. Yes, which is step two. Praise. So try to find some common ground. This may be a very small patch of earth, but that's okay. When you're feeling stuck, fall back on the I agree. This is a difficult issue response. Mm-hmm. Or find something else to endorse about the other person. You know, maybe endorse a value or like a common goal, or maybe you just have to be like, I know you're a wonderful, loving mm, person. Or yeah. like, but I think also like finding that like we both want this. Yes. It's sort of an agree to disagree from a very yes. loving place. You can do that. You can, yes. do, oh, you know what? Wow, we really don't agree on that. Yeah. Mom. I'm like, I still love you, but we really don't agree here. Right. Yeah. So the third P is pivot. Pivot. I'm thinking about Friends, that episode where they're moving the couch. (laughs) Okay, so pivoting. Once you've established that you've heard your loved one and acknowledged your shared humanity, you can see if they're willing to hear you. This is called pivoting, and it involves indicating that you are about to offer a different perspective. First, ensure that the person you're disagreeing with really does want to hear what you want to say. Otherwise, the next step is pointless. If they don't want to hear it, then that's a nice, easy exit to off-ramp the discussion, change the subject, refresh your drink. Or if you're in like a virtual meeting, excuse yourself for household duties or a technical issue. Just be like, oh, my Zoom cut out. Yeah. Oh, the a little trick is that you can, if you're on the phone, go on airplane mode. Uh, didn't call, I, didn't yes. I tell you that one? Yeah. Call drop. Call drops. <laughs> oh, I lost you going... <laughs> In LA, I'm going through the canyon. Right. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. 
me. And then fourth step, although he said the three P's, so I don't know why uh, there, there's, there's a fourth There's a fourth, P. and it's offer perspective. Yeah, so facts have no feelings. They're really easy to dismiss. Personal stories or experiences are a whole different ballgame. Oh, this, the fourth P is if you can pivot. Oh, oh, okay. If so you this can't is a, pivot. Right. Ah, so this I is a, like if A, go to step two. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. Yeah. So personal stories or experiences are a whole different ballgame. So this is not a, well, I worked a lot more with immigrants than you have type of experience either. It's more how a certain issue has affected you personally. Like, my business was going backwards with all of those regulations, or I'm stuck in a job I hate because I have no other healthcare options. That way people can see that they are not just arguing about how vile any given politician is. They will also be reminded that people have deeply felt reasons for the way that they think. So it's just yeah. like giving, you know, Natalie, you're such a great example of how the healthcare system affects you. You're yes. type 1 diabetic. Like your medication is is so expensive. And so yeah. like that goes a lot longer than being like, these are the facts about the health system. Right. And, and I hate this particular politician because he did X, Y, and Z. It's like, it's very easy to just like do a headline. But if you kind of humanize it and say, it's affecting me in this way, you put a face to the issue. Exactly. Now, let's get into political anxiety. Yes. It's, a, it's an anxious day. Today it's, we're all voting. There's a, a lot of uncertainty. Yes. So the number one tip here is to limit your intake of news and social media. If you're feeling distressed by what's in the media, you got to limit your consumption of Facebook, Twitter, and any other social media sources. It also includes watching and reading the news. There are apps and websites like LeechBlock or Self Control that can help you by temporarily blocking access to social media or certain websites. Also, get outside if you can. Yeah. And it's tricky, too, because I think we've all been in this space where it's like, well, I have to be informed. And you can be an informed voter. And then leave it at leave it at leave it at the polling station. Leave it at the poll. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> you can you can cut yourself off from it. You don't need it all the time. Another way to deal with political anxiety is to maintain your routine and engage in healthy activities. Try to strike a balance between keeping up with the current events and going about your daily life. Basic acts of self-care can make a real difference during times of stress. So taking breaks while studying, connect more with your family and your friends take on fewer commitments, engage maybe in like a spiritual or religious practice. Like I said, go for a walk. It really solves everything. Mm -hmm. Just find what feels nurturing for you Mm -hmm. and do that. Yes. Kind of off the back of that is to practice relaxation. So try self-soothing strategies like walking, meditating, breathing, exercise, listening to your favorite music, whatever you find helpful. Yes, and then on the opposite spectrum of that, Mm -hmm. get active. All right. When we feel powerless, it's really important to find ways to have a voice. So you might get involved in forms of activism, joining organizations, attend events, talk to others about what you value, or work to protect other people's rights. Consider how you might balance action with rest. Sometimes you're like, I feel powerless. It's like, go out and do something, you know, like— join something, it kind of makes you feel like you have some control. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the anxiety, I think, is from, like, these people are running 
our country and like I just feel stuck here. So like I'm going to get out there. Yes. You know? And lastly, vote. The ultimate power move is to exercise your right to vote. You can find all the information you need on www.vote.org. We are not sponsored by them, but it sounds like we are. (laughs) Remember those commercials that were like, Rock the vote or whatever. Yes, I remembered rock. We don't do those anymore. But on vote.org, you can check your registration. You can register to vote, get election reminders, find your local polling station, or locate a Dropbox. I love the Dropbox. That's what I've been doing yeah, recently. Yeah, now I'm a, a mail-in voter. Yes. Well, I think in California, everybody is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah we are. I love it. That's great. Well, we hope you guys learn more about how to navigate politics, how to find where you land on the political spectrum, and how to overcome political anxiety. It's a rough day. Treat yourself. Get a little snack. Get some wine. Or you can have what Natalie and I have been drinking, which is the uh, pumpkin spice latte from La La Colombe. So, Nat, why don't you introduce our hottie of the week Oh, my God. I love our hottie of the week. Love her. Julia Louis Dreyfus. She is so awesome. And we chose her, obviously, because she was on she Veep. She was on Veep. And she won, like, a million Emmys for that. And it is the funniest show. Joe's never seen it. And I'm like, okay, <gasps> we need to watch it. Because we watch all 30 Rock together. And I'm like, if you like 30 Rock, you're Oh, like you'll Veep. love yeah. Veep. Yeah. And Tony Hale in that show is so funny. He's hilarious. Him in that show and in Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. He's so good. Okay, so let's—I'm going to take another sip. You know what really it is? This needs to be on Ice. ice. Maybe it's because I'm not a coffee drinker and I don't know, like, what's good or not. But, like, I don't mind it. It's not too sweet, which I like. Yeah. I would give it, if you're, like, a coffee drinker, it's probably, like, a five. Probably a five. It's, like, not bad. It's not good. It's, like, it would get you where you need to go. Right. Like, I'm not going to go buy these again. But, like, and I won't finish it because I'll have a heart attack. Same. But if I wasn't so caffeine sensey, I probably would finish it. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. As a non-coffee drinker. I think that's great. Or maybe it's better because I shook it up. (laughs) You know. (laughs) If you shake it up, wait. Okay. And okay, so that's a six out of Julia Louis. Great All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game. And this week, we're playing Citizen's Arrest. And I have a feeling Natalie and I have exactly the same one. I think we do, too. But I have an extra one in case we have the same one. Well, you know you know what mine is. Is it the person that sold our email address? Oh, no. Oh, okay. Then I don't know what yours okay. is. Let me, uh, let me pull it up. Here we go. Here is my Citizen's Arrest. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to read. Okay. We've reached out 14. 14- times about Barack Obama's plea to save our House majority. This is how important it is. We we are urgently calling on you to rush in $15 before midnight so we can save our Democratic House majority. Hey, let me just break this down. I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm a Democrat, okay? We all know this. People know this. Okay, I'm a Democrat. I don't care what you are. I'm a Democrat. So I've donated, right? When I donated, I sold my soul. These yeah. people, the, whatever their marketing campaign is like, okay, how are we going to get donations? They've taken the most desperate, 
insane <laughs> calls to actions. They'll be like, Nancy Pelosi, I'm ple I'm yeah, begging, I'm begging you. I'm on my knees. No, like screaming. All caps begging you <laughs> no. to donate $15. And I'm like, Nancy Pelosi, stop. Why are you begging me? For $15? And, you know, and they just... It's like, got to be bad if you need $15 <laughs> that badly. I think that's what... I think they've decided, like, let's let's make it seem like it is do or die. Like, like we are floundering, <laughs> all caps. And I just... My response to the one that says, we've reached out in all caps 14 times. I know you have because I'm getting them. I just wrote, stop. <laughs> I was going to say, did you say stop in all caps? I did. Because usually that will... Actually, I've had to—the thing about those, too, is, like, you have to—if you unsubscribe from one, you get another one from some other person that's begging you for $15. I mean, it's, like, insane. It's insane. But you get—I don't get the texts. You get the texts. I got the text. I get some emails from people I don't even know. That's what I'm saying. Here's another one. Gabby Giffords from Mark Kelly U.S. Center. 11 years ago, I was shot. I'm just like, come on. I know. Like, this is insane. But like, she's like, I was shot 11 years ago. Give me $15. Yes. Can you chip in $3? $3? It's just so much. Like, and I, you know, like, I only say this because I know that it's a marketing ploy. Obviously, right. Personally, emailing, it's some marketing thing that they think is going to help. And it is so intense. Was it your grandma or was it my grandma who thought that Barack Obama was personally sending her letters and signing it, it them? Was yours? Oh, okay, yeah, she was very excited about it. My grandmother did not vote for Barack Obama. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Because um, you know he sends like the letters and it's like signed. signed. Oh, I. Know. She really thought it was signed. It's like printed by, out. Signed. Yeah, it was on her refrigerator <laughs> magnet. Okay, so my citizens' arrest also has to do with emails. It's. Whoever sold the Am I Doing This Right email to a spam company? Oh, yeah, yeah. We get... I just got one. Like, 14 emails a day. We just got one. And you cannot get we rid of them. We're done. Like, we we can't. Because they're all from different <sighs> things. I've tried to unsubscribe. It's impossible. Because well, they, they just changed the email address yeah. that they send it to us from. But... They logged our name as Susan. Yes, it so thinks we're named Susan. It's a lot of car insurance stuff for her. Car insurance. Oh, we just there's like a medical insurance thing, maybe. Oh yeah, we just got one. Your burial insurance. Oh, okay. So yeah, we we get a we get quite a few of those. So I'm gonna arrest whoever did that because Tesla. Sometimes I open my phone and it says I have like 28 emails, and I look and like 15 <laughs> of them are just spam from for the Amway account. I think I think the moral of our citizens' arrest is like, we need less spam. We need to do less on the emails and the texts. I mean, it's just insane. It's we insane. are harassed. We really are. Whew. Well, you guys, if you like this episode, we actually have similar episodes. Episode 93 is how to navigate the news. Mm-hmm. More specifically, we also have episode 59 on how to explore not your political affiliation, but your spiritual affiliation in your oh. adulthood, which could be. Another fun thing to explore at this time. Yeah, because it's also like a similar that we had a quiz on that one that was a similar. The Pew little, Research Center also has yes. a spiritual typology quiz, which is also really fun. And yeah, there's and a Natalie got like full on. Oh, mine was like Satan worshiping <laughs> atheist, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was like one level down from you. <laughs> yeah, mine was like way on the outskirts. <laughs> so go check that out. It's a fun episode. And you guys can always write into the show with episode requests or advice requests at am I doing this right pod at gmail.com. Or like we said, just DM us at am I doing this right pod. And we will be back next week with another episode. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.